Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's a Thursday here on the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network, and of course that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White at RW3 on Twitter. You can find him at Tom Ryle BTB in the Twitter sphere. And boy, oh boy, Tom, if the show has ever been appropriately named, it's after the last two weeks of what we've seen from the Dallas Cowboys. Now, before we get into the game that will be featured this evening. The Cowboys trying to bounce back from a two-game uh, two losing streak against the New Orleans Saints and a different look, New Orleans Saints, that we're going to get into. Mm. It's been a rough road the past two weeks. Does it all get solved with the return of several players that they are welcoming back? Or do we have concerns that this version of the Cowboys may be what we see a few more times this season? Oh, man, do you want what my heart wants <laughs> or what my mind is thinking? I prefer uh, your head. Basically, it, I'm, in a, I, I'm, I'm from Missouri right now. They need to show me, you know. Um, I've got to see what they can do. Now, I also think having Amari Cooper back, even if he is not 100% in condition after having missed a couple of games with COVID having him on the field and being able to line him up should make uh, the receiving work much better, particularly if they get CD lamb back into the slot primarily, because that's where CD lamb has just been slicing and dicing teams. Um, and then with Gallup to try to take the top off of it going deep and hopefully Cooper can be out there enough and, and be effective to at least get a, a couple, three balls during the game. I think this could start clicking and hopefully we're, you know, also going to see the offensive line kind of gel a little bit. Maybe they can finally get a, away from this. Well, here's the new combination we're going to try this week. Uh, you know, let's go with Tyron and Zach and Lael out there. Uh, you know, let's just go with the people we can rely on. Tyler Biotish quietly has just become a fixture. Nobody's talking about him being a problem anymore. Now I think just figure out what they're going to do about Connor Williams and Connor McGovern. But right now, just, you know, let's roll them out there and not do any swapping mid-game. Let's just Whoever you go with, keep them out there unless, you know, you have to make a, 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 a substitution, which, you know, I almost don't want to mention that because I don't want to put any jinx on it. But, you know, let's let's try to get five linemen out there and play them for four quarters and see if that doesn't help. Maybe that will help get the running game going because, interestingly enough, um, 
The Saints are down uh, a couple of their defensive ends. One is Marcus Davenport. Uh, and, and so their run defense might be uh, a little better. One of their linebackers is out too. So maybe the Cowboys can exploit that a little bit and get their running game back on track because they need a better running game. It's been kind of non-existent for a few weeks now. Uh, of course, Ezekiel Elliott is still nursing some injury problems. But he wasn't on the injury report at all this week. They just listed him. Basically, he's a full go. Not enough of a so, concern to avoid a full load, as Jerry said on his radio show this week yeah. on the home of the Cowboys. The, the interesting thing that you mentioned, the offensive line finally back in tow, along with the trio of wide receivers in Amari and CD and Gallup, and along with Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield, that will be the first time this season that they have lined up together. We are in week 13, ladies and gentlemen. And just now we are entering a place where I believe the Cowboys are fielding their best possible offensive unit that they can. If we don't get results from this, I will sound the alarms excessively. (laughs) But for now, I am still holding my cards. I'm going back to the roulette table, as I have referenced here twice now. We've come up. We've come up red two weeks in a row, but that's when you triple down on black and you get your money back because I think this is the week where the Cowboys can get their money back, but it's against the New Orleans Saints team that is dangerous, truth be told, and with what the Cowboys have shown us over the last two weeks, they haven't provided us with a whole lot of optimism that they are going to find the answers for what ails them. Now, here's an interesting wrinkle in this game that the Cowboys are going to have to be considerate of no Mike McCarthy on the sidelines, Dan Quinn moving down because of Mike McCarthy's failed COVID test. What type of impact, if any, should we expect from that change? Because Dan Quinn is no longer the eye in the sky, no longer able to, in in my mind, and I'm a layman, so credit him if he can do it on the field a lot easier than I can. I know many head coaches and many coaches can, but I feel much more comfortable identifying what I'm seeing or what I think I'm seeing from his previous view than what he will have on the sidelines tonight. Yeah. And it's a shame because he's got tank alarms. And I think a lot of people were really drooling at the idea of hitting him with Lawrence and Micah Parsons coming from two different directions. Um, you know, that may put a lot of pressure on him if the Saints are passing a lot, which that's the other really weird thing. The Saints are starting Taysom Hill. I have no idea if that is going to be an effective passing game. Are they going to try to lean almost entirely on the run uh, with Kamara and uh, Griffin, I think? Uh mm-hmm. Well, Mark Ingram's going to be back. And Ingram, if, Ingram if, so I think, if yeah. Alvin Kamara can't go, although he's logged practices all week, if he can't go, Ingram is expected to handle a full workload. But even still, um, you know, both of those guys, dangerous in their own rights, but can they alone beat you, especially yeah. if their quarterback is Taysom Hill? And quite frankly, you know, regardless of who the quarterback is, who are they throwing the ball to? Yeah. Michael Thomas and, hasn't been there all season, and the guys that have been 
have largely been in and out in terms of appearances. Which, which is why I wonder if this is not going to be a real heavy run game for them. And now the Cowboys Hill, Tristan Hill, is going to be out this game. His suspension was cut in half, but he still has to sit this game. And so the Saints may think they've got something to exploit there. Uh, you know, there's been a little weakness uh, in the middle of the line still as they're waiting to get Neville Gallimore back, who hopefully is not too far out. But, you know, we're going to have to see if, if Osa Digizua and, and whoever else they've got out there, uh, you know, I guess Justin Hamilton is going to be who the, carries the primary load there. You know, they're going to have to hold up in the middle. Uh, we're going to need, need to see better play from Leighton Vanderesh and uh, uh, Keanu Neal because they have not been looking that great the past couple, few get three games. Uh, except that it's spectacular uh, play that Keanu Neal made to uh, save a fumble. And he uh, did. That was, he did. That meant, I got to give him that, credit for that one. Even though you're right, I agree overall, he has not played exceptionally well. That was a tremendous play. He was robbed. Let's face it. That I look, you look back at that. I agree. I don't see how they could not leave, I, let, it, let it stand as a fumble recovery, but you know, it's the Cowboys and it's getting harder and harder to think there's not some kind of prejudice in play with the officials, with the league decisions, with all that stuff. What but, do you mean? You know, Everybody that hits a player outside of the field of play gets suspended. I thought, oh, except for, you mean, especially. Um, it's especially when there's video of the player that was struck coming up and just putting his chest into Hill's chest and pushing him back hmm. with no doubt some less than complimentary things being said, you know, okay. All right. Now we just sound salty, but, but uh, we, we, hmm. I, we digress because that is all fair yeah. points. Um, I think for most Cowboys fans who have watched the games and even neutral fans, who have watched the games and try to make evaluations and understandings about what the Dallas Cowboys are about this season. Um, Dak Prescott got to at least discuss him for a bit because he has not really looked like himself over the past couple of weeks. Is that a circumstance of not having his favorite targets available? Or is that a circumstance that Dak Prescott is still either getting a little bit rusty or teams are starting to figure out ways to defend him? Um, well, I think last week he basically kept the Cowboys in contention. And, you know, if he just had hit one or two more quarter. throws, yeah, if he had just hit one or two more throws, uh, they could have won the game. I'm not that concerned about him because I think having – the full set of wide receivers, the starting wide receivers out there, plus still having Dalton Schultz in the mix. I think he will be able to put up enough to, uh, to, to win this game from an offensive standpoint. Uh, you know, to me, the, the, the whole wild card is what exactly are we, are we going to see out of the Saints? And that's really just, I keep coming back to what is Taysom Hill going to be? Because he could be an absolute disaster out there based upon the very limited times I've seen him go out and play. Um, well, let's I talk haven't... about that. Let's talk about that for just a quick second. You know, Taysom Hill, for all the years that he's been in New Orleans and all the, you know, acclaim he has gotten, 
How many starts do you think Taysom Hill has in his career? Has he ever started? Have they had, had a position, uh, been in a position room to start? I'm glad you asked. In fact, last season in 2020, that was when Taysom Hill received his first start. It was in week 10 against the Atlanta Falcons, and it was the beginning of a three-game win streak that he orchestrated for New Orleans with wins over the Falcons, Denver, and the Falcons again before losing to Philadelphia. Now, granted, a season ago, the Falcons were one of the worst teams in the NFL, as were the Broncos, so difficult to make too much of a determination. Their defense held them to a combined 30 points in three games, those two teams. But Taysom himself was somewhat impressive, averaging over 200 yards a game. He threw for four touchdowns over that span, and he ran for four touchdowns over that span. Now, was he electric? Was he, you know, dangerous? I don't know if I'd necessarily say that, but he did get the job done, and he's Mm -hmm. at least enough of a weapon and a wild card to make me nervous. Yeah. And the question I think, he reminds me of what the Eagles are trying to do with Jalen Hurts. Uh, You know, a, a running quarterback who can also throw effectively. And I think the big question mark is, can he be that effective? Is he really good at making the reads? You know, you've noticed the Cowboys have some ball hawks. And if, uh, if Taysom is a little bit off, uh, he could pay for it. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And also there's just the, the risk you always run with a running quarterback is that that gives the defenders uh, some leeway to light him up unless he gets down in a, in a hurry. Uh, so, you know, we're going to see. I, I really don't know. And that brings us to the whole question of, this is, you know, how important is this game? To me, this game is going to kind of set the course for the, the remainder of the year because Dallas has to answer some questions. And if they don't get the questions answered, it could put them in a really bad situation. And if they do come out and win this game without it being one of those really ugly wins where they really didn't deserve it, that happens sometimes. Um, but if they get a good solid win out of this, then I think there's a couple more likelihood ways we can see the season playing out. So in looking at, I guess, your least likely to most likely scenarios of how this thing plays out, the least likely is still in my mind, and I think in yours, the Cowboys missed the playoffs entirely, right? I don't think any of us are in the headspace as bad as things have looked at times no one in cowboy land is in the headspace that they're in danger of missing the playoffs. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, with seven wins in the books, they would have to have a pretty total collapse over the last six games. I don't think this team is likely to do that. That doesn't mean it's impossible. I just see that as highly unlikely. So, so the next thing, and this is one that would be, especially possible if the Cowboys don't get the win tonight. That is the Cowboys suddenly find themselves in a real dogfight to the end just to hang on to the NFC East. Because, you know, as as 
certain people up in the uh, around the nation's capital are crowing. The Washington football team is suddenly on a hot streak. Uh, they seem to have found something. Their defense seems to suddenly be playing like they all thought it was going to play from the start of the year. And they could be nipping at the Cowboys' heels. Now, you also have to look at the kind of late season divisional meat grinder the the, the NFC East is. Um, you know, the Cowboys, as most people are probably aware, have four of their division games coming up after they play the Saints with only the Arizona Cardinals from outside their division still in the lineup. And, you know, they have to play the football team twice. They've got another game against the Giants, who are going to be without Daniel Jones at least this week, and that could be a lingering situation. And then they have the season finale against the Philadelphia Eagles. So the other division teams are looking at the same thing. I believe you were pointing out that the Washington football team has their five last games are all divisional contests. All of them which is just, to me, a little bit extreme on the part of the NFL schedulers. There was an obvious attempt to make sure there were more divisional games in the last month of the season this year because you're seeing all across the league they made sure that there were at least three or so for all teams. But the, the NFC East really just got crammed into the last month of the season, a lot of the last five weeks of the season, and it's it's like, Wow, a whole lot can happen because, you know, divisional games don't always go according to script. They aren't, you know, they don't, they aren't, they, they're just unpredictable. You wind up with, with a team suddenly rising up and putting up far more fight, just partly because they see the other team so much. They've, they've had experience, at least from last season, you know, and so it's, it's going to be really weird to see what happens. So that's why I think it's, Doubly important for the Cowboys to get a win here because I don't want to see them getting into that that mix master where they have to be struggling just to hang on to the NFC East. Now, they would probably be uh, a strong contender to be a wild card team even if that happens, but nobody wants to go into the playoffs as a wild card unless it's the only way you can get in. So we really need a win. That's just what I'm saying there. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bingo. So let's assume let's assume they get the win. So what's real the... quickly on that point about Go the ahead. lead grinder that you mentioned for the Eagles, their last four games all divisional. For the Giants, three of their last four games are divisional. For the Washington football team, as you mentioned, their last five games are in the division. And for the Cowboys, oh, four of their final five games are in the division. So still, you know, a chance for the division to be, you know, up for grabs. Although if the Cowboys take care of business today, that chance gets a little bit diminished for all the rest of the teams involved. And the Cowboys are in a position where, hey, you beat each one of them or you beat two of the, you know, of the, of the five games that you play and you're probably solidified in there. So I agree that second scenario, least second least likely scenario is that the Cowboys find themselves in a dogfight for the division. Yeah, and I was just saying, I do not want to see them going up to Philadelphia to play the last game of the season with the division crown on the line. I want that to be kind of no longer on the table. So the, the, the next uh, thing, which is we're going from least to most, the, the, the second most likely thing I see is that the Cowboys are fighting for seeding all the way to the end. This has been a year of chaos in the NFL. And so, you know, currently, you know, the Packers, uh, the Buccaneers, and the Cardinals are all ahead of the Cowboys in the seedings, you know, with uh, Arizona 1, Packers 2, and the Buccaneers 3. But the same kind of things can happen to them. And we have seen, it seems like every week there's a game where you just scratch your head and go like, how did that happen? Where some team that should have just mud stomped someone winds up getting a loss on them. So things could still happen that could keep the Cowboys in the mix to move up in the seedings. Moving up to number three is well, well certainly, real quickly there. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Moving up to third in the NFC, you're saying, right? Yeah. Okay. Moving yeah. up to the three seed is definitely something that could happen, you know, because that's the Buccaneers they're chasing. And, you know, there's some times when the Buccaneers have looked beatable. Uh, you know, they, they have the tiebreak against the Cowboys, but if they should pick up a couple of losses down the, the stretch that they weren't expecting, then, you know, the Cowboys could wind up sneaking ahead of them. Yeah. I and just want to say for me, the third least likely scenario, and I, I know it's not necessarily one you included, but it's one we at least have to mention, like, do the Cowboys have a, have a legitimate shot at the one seat overall in the NFC. And I think that opportunity went bye-bye when they lost to the, to the Raiders. Now I agree with you, you know, things could happen between now and then, although in fairness, um, the bucks have a pretty nice schedule down the stretch outside of a date against the bills. 
they don't have a game left against a team that's above 500 in their final six games, other than yeah. the Saints, who could be under 500 after the Cowboys get a hold of them. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah, they're, already, a- they're already under 500 because they've lost four straight. So, yeah, it's, it's not it's- really anybody messing with them. And again, it's a circumstance where you need so many teams to falter ahead of you. The Packers, the yeah. Cardinals, and the Bucks all have at least a game on you and some in some cases too. Yeah, and it's it's uh it's one of those never say never situations. You can't say it's impossible cuz weirder things have happened, but yeah, I right. think it would be more likely the Cowboys would just be looking to move up to the number 3 seed, which would mean they wouldn't have to go against the best wild card team coming. Yes. In, right now would be the Los Angeles Rams. So I'm that squeezing can, in there. I'm squeezing in there between your middle of the middle of the seeding scenario. I'm squeezing in there. Less likely than that is that they win the one seed in the yeah. NFC. And I just don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even worrying about that. <laughs> Things would have to happen before I even let that really enter my mind. Let's just okay. say they'd have to suddenly get. Close. Oh, so you might put that beneath them having to dog. I, no, out. I I just lumped all of it into moving up in the seating. Okay. Just to, okay. To make it simple, because uh, you know it, but it it is possible under that that they could go into the game with the Eagles, where a win could bump them up to three, and they would you know want to go all out. That you know, that's going to be the scenario where they are playing to win all the way. Uh, got the starters out the whole way and everything, which you know always carries that that nasty risk we don't like to mention by name. But that would also have them really, I think, on a very steady keel and even keel going into the playoffs. So it's not entirely bad that. But what I think is most likely going to happen is that sometime probably by the end of week 16, uh, if it doesn't happen beforehand, they're going to be locked into the four seed. They can't lose their way out of it. They can't win their way out of it. They're just, and that's kind of where it seems to be headed. And if that happens, maybe, you know, maybe it could happen after the, in the Cardinals game, but it could even happen before that. It's possible the last game or two may become those meaningless end-of-the-season games for Dallas. And that's a mixed blessing in and of itself. It it means, first off, if that happens, you don't have to ask yourself questions about, is so-and-so ready to come back this week or do we hold him for the playoffs? In that case, you just sit him and focus on the next game that really matters as far as what the team's going to do this year. Um, It does offer an opportunity to rest some players, but that's always to me a risky situation because we've seen cases where the Cowboys back a few years rested their starters and came out very flat uh, for the first game of the playoffs. Um, So this is, if they do it judiciously, like play the starters the first half and then start putting in the backups the second half to kind of lower the risk, then that's okay. But you want to have your starters stay crisp uh, to keep their their rhythm up to uh, to make sure they're 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 not having to to knock off even a game's rust. 
So, you know, I think, and I think that's the decisions the Cowboys are likely going to be facing because I don't think this is going to go down to the last game of the season for them to know what their ultimate face it, fate is in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I like the way you laid out those scenarios because I do think that them winding up in the fourth seed right now appears to be where it's trending. Now, of course, a lot of things can happen between now and then, but the worst divisional winner is going to be the four seed, and we're clearly the worst division in the NFC. Yeah. So, and especially from a top-heavy standpoint, right, the team at the top of the division is not excessively better or has not looked at least excessively better than the others, whereas, you know, the Cardinals have kind of looked heading shoulders, although the Rams are right there with them. The Packers have looked heading shoulders above their competition, and, of course, the Bucs, as the reigning Super Bowl champs, are starting to round into form. So, I agree with you that it's probably the most likely scenario. The thing that changes it for me on that last game, and, you know, I don't even want to get too far into that necessarily, but the fact that they're playing Philly, I wonder if it will play into their mindset and in how they take that game, right? Because if Philly has a chance to get into the playoffs with a win against you, do you make it a priority to make sure that they're not, involved does it matter to you do you not care because you figure they get eliminated by whoever they face in the next round anyway um i'm curious as to how that would play out and it's an interesting scenario that i'm sure we can get into if it gets closer to that yeah well that that's assuming that philadelphia is going to be back into it because right now they're on they're on the outside looking in and there are four teams currently ahead of them with the philadelphia still having their bye coming up Mm. Uh, and that includes the saints uh the washington football team is one of the four teams right now that are ahead and uh, the Saints in that group happened to come in as the last of the four teams just because of the tiebreakers. But if you look at it right now, Washington would hold the, the seventh uh, ticket to, to the playoffs as the last wild card team in. The Vikings, Falcons, and Saints are all tied with them at five and six. And as I said, it's just uh, because Washington wins tiebreakers over the uh, – the other three teams. So, you know, that's the, you know, lots the Eagles have to overcome. Uh, but, you know, right now for the Cowboys, the question is, can they overcome the Saints tonight? And as I said, I think it's, it's got, it became more important when they dropped the ball against the Raiders. Now they need the win, not just to get out of the funk, not just to make sure they've got the offense working well, not just to, to show that the defense can stand up after it really looked bad against Las Vegas. Uh, they need a win so that they're not really dealing with that scenario of having to be in that dogfight for the NFC East. Well, the Saints do pose some problems. And as you mentioned, Taysom Hill going to be quarterbacking things. Expect a few runs from him as he averaged at least 10 per game in that four-game win, or excuse me, four-game starting streak there in 2020 a year ago that I mentioned to you. Um, Alvin Kamara, game-time decision, but has practiced all week, so expecting him back. So at least a few more weapons for the Saints to deal with. Will they be enough to give the Cowboys trouble? Again, 
I'm going back to the poker table. I'm going back to the roulette table. I'm doubling down again on black. I'm doubling down again on Dak. And I think he's going to lead the troops. And I, gosh, you know, I almost feel bad predicting another double-digit win because it feels unfair to do that when we've been wrong two weeks in a row, kind of going that route. But I will. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick to those guns because I think the last two weeks were a bit of an aberration. And I do think the Cowboys are going to be able to find their mojo with the best offensive unit they fielded all season. Yeah. And I'll, I'm kind of the same, the same way. Uh, I, I do want to note that another factor is that the saints have some health concerns with both their tackles. Um, I can't remember if they were just not practicing. I think one of them might have not practiced all week, although he's just listed as questionable and not out. But, you know, maybe that'll slow down their running game because especially Kamara and Taysom Hill tend to hit you more to the outside than up the middle. Uh, you know, now Ingram may give them that punch up the middle they, that they would want. But, yeah, it's – yeah, I want to have the optimi- the wild optimism, but I'm not going to look at this as a, as a huge blowout. I'm thinking it's going to be like, you know, the, the Saints offense can't score as many points, and so it winds up with the Cowboys not going pedal to the metal per se, uh, partly because they don't have Mike McCarthy on the sidelines. I don't know if Dan Quinn is going to be as aggressive. So I'm thinking it's more like a 24-13 win for the Cowboys. Okay. Well, we'll see how it plays out. You know, Taysom Hill for all the contract conversations and all the things surrounding him about what a weapon he is, you know, some kind of weapon that you allowed Trevor Simeon to be the starter for four weeks and go Oh, and four before you ultimately decided to make the switch. Yeah. I just saying there's something to that. And I think you alluded to it when you said the rest of the league can't quite figure out what Sean Payton is so obsessed about when it comes to Taysom Hill, but we'll see how it plays out Thursday night football. Afterwards, the Cowboys get a nice little break. Hopefully that'll be some time to give Ezekiel Elliott some rest for that knee. One last question for you. Do you think they're making a mistake with the expected workload that Jerry's alluding to, or do you think that's just Jerry, you know, blowharding and ultimately Kellen Moore will be conservative with uh, with Zeke's usage in this game and maybe get Tony, Tony Pollard in, involved a little bit more. Are you questioning the medical expertise of Dr. Jerry Jones? Hmm. I mean, surely no. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be as a normal full Zeke workload. I think they're going to let Tony Pollard get a higher percentage of the carries. Uh, you know, if they, they really run it all. I mean, it is conceivable if Dak gets to really clicking, they just ride the pass, build up a lead, and then just don't, you know, then maybe just hand off a lot after that. But I just don't think they're going to – I think they've got to be cognizant of the fact that Zeke shouldn't be getting beat up as quite as much as normal. But, you know, I'm not a coach. What can I say? 
Well, make sure you check out all the reactions to the game after tonight's game on the YouTube page. You can subscribe to the Blog of the Boys YouTube page, anchored by our boy RJ Okshoa. You can also check out the live stream there every Tuesday night on the YouTube page that my man Tom is a part of on occasion. You can Yay. see what he looks like, right? Get a get a view of the man. Oh no, that's might not be a good idea. In all his glory, <laughs> in all his glory. But uh with that being said, we're both anticipating a Cowboys bounce back. Hopefully we can break this two-game losing streak. Follow him at Tom Ryle BTB on the Twitter sphere. Follow me at RW3 if you enjoy what I do as well. But we thank you very much for listening to the Blog and the Boys podcast. Riled up every Thursday here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. Until next time, go Cowboys. We'll see you. <laughs>